Comedy LOL Podcast Network. start today with a quote from Ram Das, also known as Richard Alpert. He actually just died this week, so we're going to dedicate this quote to him. And it's, we're fascinated by the words, but where we meet is the silence behind them. I think this kind of goes along with the saying or the quote that we did last week where we were talking about like actions speak louder than words. I think sometimes it's not about what you say, but it's about what you don't say. And um, kind of along the same lines, if I'm, you know, I was listening back to the past couple of weeks episodes and I did a lot of like pop culture references. And so here I go, I'm diving back in. It's not the good wife, though. So um, it's like that saying in Bambi where it's like, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. So it's like one of those where they're like, isn't this a cute baby? And instead of like saying like, no, it's not. You're like, what a cute outfit. You know, and it's like not what you're saying, it's, it's what you're not saying. Um, and I think that's where people can often like, I, I think it's like a read between the lines sort of thing, you know. Um, so you can kind of get their feeling and intentions and emotions and thoughts and opinions and what they don't say versus just listening to the words and taking them at face value. Yeah, for sure. And that's actually something Ram Das talked about one of the um, lectures I was listening to of his talked about how if you you want to live right and you don't want to lie to people so it doesn't mean that you and one of the keys to it is just you don't always have to talk you know like if you don't have to volunteer information basically so like we were saying earlier um with the cute baby scenario you know or like you just said if this is a cute baby like you just don't have to say it and that you're right i think that's that's one important thing to remember um, and it's not about being dishonest and trying to mislead people, but it's just about, um, you know, staying true to yourself, always speaking the truth when you can. And then in a situation where you just don't want to complicate it, just don't speak. And I think what he means, um, or I'm saying what the way that I'd like to interpret this quote is that a lot of times when people hang out in the society or people together or together, all they do is talk. And what do they talk about? They talk about mostly the past or maybe the future, but they're never really present in the moment. And that's something that Ram Dass actually talks about. He has a whole book called Be Here Now. That's what he means. And I think that's kind of what he means by this quote. So it's like if you're with somebody and you're talking, you're like very interested and fascinating with what they're saying. And you're like, wow, this is amazing. And you're kind of you're kind of trying to impress each other with your words. Or it's like a like not like a one upping, but. It's either you're like impressing them or you think that you're uncomfortable and you kind of have to talk. And he's saying, just be here now, just be in the moment and just enjoy the person's presence in their company. And you could be with them instead of trying to be somewhere else. Because when you're talking technically about the past, you're bringing yourself out of the present moment and the other person and you're taking them to the past to relive that. And I'm not saying that's like a terrible thing, but if that's all you're doing when you're hanging out with people, if you're just constantly talking about other stuff and instead of just hanging out and being in there and enjoying the person you're really missing out and i think that's what this quote um that's what he really meant by this quote and i just want to jump in and say um i think there's a lot of times people feel like they need to fill the silence because people are uncomfortable by it and i think there is something very strong and powerful sometimes of just not talking not having to fill that air with just nonsense. I am one of those people I cannot stand small talk. And perhaps that's why I'm not necessarily really good at um, making connections for work and things like that, because I would rather stand in silence with people I don't know than try and create some kind of conversation that's going to make me feel awkward. It's like, how are things going? Good, good, good. I just, I can't stand that. It's like, we're going to talk about something substantial. That's fine. But then when we're done, I'm okay again, just standing or sitting in silence and then just because I don't need to fill that void. Um, and I think that's the true sense of someone who's comfortable like with themselves, but also comfortable with other people to be able to be like, I don't need to do that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think I've tried to do that a lot too, especially when you're talking to people and people are just talking about basically nonsense. And I'm like, guys, they're fucking, you know, it, news just came out. Uh, the Afghanistan war was like 
a huge waste of a trillion dollars and everyone lied about it. And they people just look at me like, oh, did you see the sports game? I heard somebody caught a football. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> so I'm just I don't you're right. I don't sometimes I don't talk or I'll just be nice and I just hang out there. Um, but I, I've been trying to do this lately. I've been trying to fr- um, talk to my friends who I've been going hiking with and stuff and be like, hey, let's just try not talking and being here now. And it's so hard, you know, because we're in this society. We're just conditioned to to talk. And I think you, I think you nailed it. It's that uncomfortability. That's a large part of it. And it, it's like everybody else. That's it's just what they do. It's what we're used to doing. So, you know, you go somewhere I, like I, even I was playing poker last night at the casino at the poker table. And that's what it is. Just people, you know, chatter and chatter and chatter. So. And then I also think that I'm sorry, just and, and I'll drop it. But I, I also mm-hmm. think that a lot of times um, there is when you're having a conversation with someone, you're not physically present in the conversation because you're often thinking about, like, what are you going to say next? And so you're not really listening. You're like, I'm just waiting for my next turn to speak. I am for sure guilty of that, especially like, you know, I'm home right now for the holidays. And that happens to me frequently because my family is very loud and everyone likes to talk and we don't get to see each other a lot, you know, in person and everyone wants to say something. And so you're always trying to interject. So you're not really listening. It's like, no, no, no. This was something we were talking about five minutes ago. But now I finally get a chance to say it because I'm the loudest one in the room. And it's like you're not physically then being present in that moment. And you're not really just kind of taking in what everyone's saying because you're so busy um, trying to 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 figure out when you can interject your own thoughts and opinions on something that might not even be relevant. Yeah, that's actually something I'm trying to work on right now, because I feel I'm, I'm a person who's had, you know, I'm like I'm 43, but I've had a lot of experience. I was in the Marines. I've been all over. So a lot of times when people, you know, I've, I've tried all kinds of different careers, different hobbies, you know, like, so if somebody mentions something, whatever it is, like, I usually have some kind of interest or relation to it. So I feel that, but I try to stop myself and I try to stop myself from bringing the conversation to being about me, but I feel like that's how I've lived my whole life. And this is something I'm just realizing the past few years. And now that I'm becoming conscious of it, it's like gross. I'm like, Oh, I can't believe I did that. You know what I mean? Like I'll leave and I'm like, why did I do that? So <laughs> Mm-hmm. But that's that's part of it, though, when you're working on yourself, you have to remember not to beat yourself up because you're always your own worst critic, you know. So that's just the reason I wanted to say that was because so I do beat myself up like that. But then I try to remember, all right, at least I'm conscious of it now and I'm working on it. So. OK, so I'm done. I'm done now talking about that, saying everything I needed to say. I got short, it all out. Short, the shortest <laughs> quote with the longest explanation. You got to love it. <laughs> Um, Okay, so let's talk about what we're doing today. Today we are going to be talking about the Two of Pentacles. So we're going to look at two different interpretations of this card like we normally do. And then we're going to be talking about the number eight. Um, So let's get into the Two of Pentacles and the Rider Waite deck. So normally for this part in the podcast, what I do is I give a brief description of the card and then we give our initial thoughts and then we'll go into the different parts of it and the ways things look in the card. Okay, so um, this card has a light blue um, background, and there is one solitary figure in the center. He's standing on like kind of like this whitish gray um, ground. He's got green shoes, red tights, a golden kind of tunic with red sleeves, and this very awkward red hat on. And uh, the figure is holding the two pentacles, one in each hand, and around the pentacles is an infinity symbol that looks like it's like green. Um, if you want to see what the card really looks like, you can look at our Instagram at terrible two T A R O T B U L L and the number two. We always post the cards that we're talking about so you can see exactly what it looks like. Oh, I also need to make sure that I mention in the background there is um, waves. Um, rather large waves, and there are two ships on the waves, kind of at the peaks. Um, okay, initial thoughts here. This is one of the first cards I think that I really focused on when I was starting getting into the tarot less than a year ago. Remember that, everybody. I am a tarot newbie. Also, if you're new to this show, thank you for listening. And the way the show works is every week we break down. Well, we, we were breaking down two cards every week. We were doing one card of each suit and then a major arcana, but we ran out of major arcana, so now we're still on the suits. We're currently, obviously, on the two of pentacles. We're on pentacles, and then we're going to break down the numbers, and then this uh, this week we're on eights. But back to your original question, 
which is what were my initial thoughts on this card. Like I said, this is one of the cards that first stood out to me. And I think it's kind of because I related to it. Because one of the first impressions I got of this card is he is just happy and content with whatever he is doing and just ignoring everything else that's going on behind him. So, like, everybody else is, to me, it's like they're out in the world trying to find what they need. They're, you know, the people in the ships, they're trying to conquer these waves. They're, try- they're trying to... um get to the other side or wherever they're going, but they have to go through like, looks like a storm or whatever, but this guy's just on the shore hanging out and it with that infinity symbol right there. It looks like he could just do it forever and it doesn't even matter. You know, like he's just happy and content. Um, I totally agree. Um, in terms of what your initial thoughts were, I look at this card and my initial thought is almost like a juggler, um, which it's not necessarily hard to juggle with two things, but we'll get into that in a minute. But, um, that's what I'm, cause it kind of looks like he's like, dancing a little bit the way that his stance is where he's only has one foot on the ground um and it to me it looked like how many things can i be doing and have in my hands and still remain upright and have these things like not fall to the ground so that's my initial thought so let's go into this here the first thing i honestly want to talk about is his outfit hat tunic tights shoes yeah that hat like is insane yeah, what is that? It, it looks like, you know, when people work at a store and they sometimes have like that thing on their finger to help like count money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or sometimes when like they put really that thing on their penis when they don't want to get a woman pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> that too. What's that thing yeah. called again? <laughs> See, I was trying to keep it a little bit more PG. <laughs> That being said, the thing that goes on your finger definitely wouldn't fit on your head, but that's what it looks like to me. <laughs> either one of those two things, I guess. Um, I don't know what either one of those is called. <laughs> <laughs> I think the first one's called a finger condom, but I don't know what the other one's called. <laughs> okay, so what were your thoughts um, on the outfit? Uh, well, <laughs> um. I, you know, the funny thing is, uh, all the times I've ever looked at this card, the hat is really standing. And even before you said something, the hat was just standing out to me today for some reason more than ever. And I really, maybe I just didn't notice it before. And that's the crazy thing about the tarot cards. Like, no matter how many times you look at them, it's not that I didn't really notice it, but maybe it just didn't stand out as peculiar. But right now, I don't even think I remember seeing any other characters in this deck with a hat like this. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. I really, I don't know. What do you think? Um, it, to me, it's again, go, I, I, you know, I'm just going to jump into what I think everything here kind of means to me. Everything Good kind idea. of is like trying to be balanced. And so, again, because he has his one foot off when I'm looking at this hat, it doesn't have like a wide brim. It kind of looks like it's just like barely sitting on his head. But because it's so tall to me, it's like one of those he has to keep it perfectly centered on his head because there's so much weight. And, and height there that otherwise if he turns his head any which way it would fall off where you wouldn't get that normally with any other kind of hat you know you'd really have to turn your head to the side to have a regular hat fall off um and so that was just again another one of those like how many things can we pile on to this person before he lets everything drop to the ground interesting now what about the uh the gold tunic in the red tights um so i just looking at the tunic itself, um, the color, the, the golden color for me, it, again, is giving me like kind of a feeling of richness or being well off or which ties in well with for my feelings of the pentacles. Um, but if you look at the batter, the bottom, it kind of looks tattered and torn. And so it looks like nice at the top. And then you see the bottom. You're like, huh. And again, it looks like that balance for me. Um, and it needs to have those kind of maybe those um those little rips in it because it gives him a little bit more flexibility and kind of movement. And in terms of the red tights, I don't know if I really had any thoughts. The green on the, the, the feet showed me like a grounding and the pentacles we talked about being earth signs. And for me, because the ground is already just like a white and um, like light gray, at least on my interpretation of the cards, the green gives you that feeling of like being drawn down to the earth. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I like that. I, I Whenever I see green, I always think of, creation and generation um because of like springtime and and uh plants and all that so 
it could have to do with that also because it, like you said his feet are grounded and it's this mm-hmm. this is pentacles um but I, yeah I, I agree with what you said about the tunic that's kind of what i noticed too it's ripped at the bottom um yep. so it's not like he's rich or anything you know he's he looks like he's basically just dressed normal like for a commoner of his day but he's still happy about it so maybe he's even like a peasant and kind of poor but he's whatever he's doing he's like on his dharmic path and he is doing what he has to do so whatever you want to take these pentacles for that he's juggling it could be his career could be his focus you know um whatever it is but he's doing and he's happy Mm mm-hmm and, uh, you know, I'm going to guess you don't frequently wear skirts. Um, <laughs> I also don't. How, do you um, su- how dare you assume? <laughs> I don't wear yes. Skirts you know now. what happens when you assume something. Um, yeah. No. Anyway. Um, and if you have like a pencil skirt, right, which is just going to be straight down, it's going to be hard for you to kind of maneuver your legs around. And if you do have something co- a little bit more A-line that kind of comes out with like pleating or it's a little bit more flowy, then you have a little bit more of that flexibility to move your legs around. Kind of think like a poodle skirt. And that was something else that I saw there. It was like, OK, so he can move around a little bit. Yeah. But what did you think that. of the red tights? I I don't know. That's a hard one. Maybe it just it goes to um his stability with his legs and the fact that he's like always moving around. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what that means. Like he's always in motion. You know, they're never yep. just kind of stop like a. But he's still grounded because he's got the green shoes. Yep. Okay. What did you think of the um the pentacles themselves? Well, I kind of was, I think I got into it a little bit with what I said, but I, I feel that they represent um, whatever has his focus at the time. And it has, you know, like we were saying, focused in an in a earthly kind of way because it's a pentacle. So maybe it has to do with wealth or his career, but whatever it is, he seems to be on top of it and juggling it. You know, like there, it, it, you can't see like there's no stress on his face. He looks like it's like kind of easy going. So I think mm-hmm. it's somebody you can even think of maybe like a craftsman or something who figured out um, how to do his craft and now he's doing it. And maybe he's new to it, too. And he's that's why he's out there in the middle of the field showing everybody his new talent. He's like really proud of it. So for me looking at it, do you remember? Um, well, you probably do. Last week we talked about the pentacle itself and the pentagram and what that looked like and what I thought was so interesting about the depiction of the pentacles here, it does look to me like a, like they're, he's trying to balance them, right? Potentially juggle them. But both of them have the five-pointed star with the one point pointing up and the two pointing down, like kind of towards the ground. And so for me, that interpretation is like, it doesn't matter what he gets um, and how many things get thrown at him. He's still able to be grounded. He's not going to be turned upside down or kind of be imbalanced. He's able to take those things and deal with them and maintain kind of the his his the you know the correct path and and stay focused. Um, I don't even know if you saw that, but I was like that was honestly the first thing that stood out to me when I was starting to look at the card for this week's episode. It was probably because I just listened to last week's episode. Oh yeah, about the uh, the positioning of it. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it so. Cra- that's what makes it even crazier when it comes reversed. Right. Two pentagrams. Exactly. And I, I feel like this is one of those cards where it just seems so easy then to kind of give you that interpretation because, you know, what we talked about last week with the pentacle. Mm-hmm. Um, and what were your thoughts on the infinity symbol? I think it's just showing that this is something that goes on forever and ever. So whatever the pentacles represent, if it's like a career or, uh, you know, the earthly based. um. <clears throat> realm that we talk about it's just something that you have to deal with forever or you know for as long as you're here or around or alive in this plane of existence something that you have to juggle and deal with constantly i love that they chose it to be green um because again you know we're obviously talking about the earth signs and um i think it's one of those if they had chosen any other color it might be hard um it might be hard to interpret what they were trying to say, but I think it means that there's going to be highs and lows in life in 
you know, your earthly life. And there's going to be moments where maybe you're doing really, really well. And there's going to be moments where you're not doing really, really well. And, and it's going to only impact your earthly life. You don't need to let it impact your emotions or your spirituality or anything like that. It's like just part of living, you know, the only thing, you know, you have to know one part, you have to know opposites, right? You need to know up to know down and things like that. Yeah. And I, I also like how I just realized how the infinity symbol crosses cuts them like right in half, right? There's like three buttons on top mm-hmm. and on the bottom. So maybe they're trying to symbolize it's going through maybe like where his heart is or, you know, the center of his being. Yep. And I just love that for me, this card is one of those things when I feel very, very overwhelmed. Um, I've had this card come up and it's one of those like, just calm down. You know, it everything is just here. It really, none of this really, really matters. Um, and it's hard for me to even say that sometimes because I feel like people are like, then why do you even fucking care? But it's like, but none of the things that I'm doing in terms of like at work, nothing's going to ha- nothing's going to happen if I miss a deadline. You know, it, it's not going to be the end of the world. Um, and it's like you can balance and juggle all these things. Take a breath. This person has this ridiculous hat on one foot up and these two things in his hands. And somehow he's also holding up this infinity symbol and he looks totally fine. Like, yeah, I got this MBD, you know? Um, so I think that this is a great card to kind of, to, to remind yourself of that. Also because he's focused on the lower pentacle. So that could be a reminder to not always focus on that. You know, you got to focus um, on the highs too, not just the lows. Do you know, I did this, I got trained to run a circus camp by Barnum and Bailey Circus, and it had nothing to do with animals, just FYI, but Any I do bearded remember, ladies? <laughs> well, I was there, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a mood today, anyway, um, I just remember talking about um, juggling and how you can't fixate on one particular ball because then you're going to drop the rest of them. You kind of have to move your eyes around, you know, and you just have to kind of be observant of everything to be able to do it successfully. And I think that was a great thing that you just pointed out about that, um, that uh, him looking at the lower one. Awesome. Okay, let's look at um, the ships in the background. What were your thoughts there? There's a couple different things that they say to me. And one of them is that it's kind of like, you know, people are going to, the world's going to move. People are going to do their things. They're always going to be around doing things. But you have to focus on what's important to you. So it's okay to turn your back on that. That's one interpretation of it. Um, But it also depends on how it, it comes up in the reading. Because it could mean that, you know, you shouldn't, ignore opportunities like there there could be opportunities that are behind you but you just don't see them because you are way too focused on what's going on with your life so it really is all about balance um it reminds me of uh what i was kind of just saying before about like highs and lows you know with a wave there is going to be a crest but there's also going to be like you know, the bottom part of the wave and both parts are kind of equally as strong. Honestly, it's normally the parts that you don't see that are even more dangerous than like the crest and like the crashing part. It's that undertow that's really, really kind of powerful. And you see both of these ships and like one of them, it looks like it's about to come up to the top of one of the peaks and the other one looks like it's about to come down off of one of them. And it's like, again, just remembering like there will be highs and there will be lows, but you can kind of weather the storm, you know, um, if you just stay grounded and kind of go with the flow and stay focused. Yeah, I love that. And another thing I want to bring up is that it, it could also symbolize light waves because everything that we see is light and it all comes to us in waves and there's peaks and valleys of mm-hmm. that. So, and it, and it just goes with the creation. Like you said, sometimes you're on top, sometimes you're on the bottom, but nothing in this universe is ever solid or is ever, um, stationary that's what i want to say everything is constantly in change constantly moving constantly in flux so just because you're riding the wave now does you know you got to come back down exactly exactly um okay so any other thoughts here on this card before we go on to what we would say in a, a reading no go ahead okay so if this card came up in a general reading what would you say I think I pretty much 
said everything in the description of what we were talking about. And I, this is a card that, especially if it came up like in a career reading or if somebody was just really unsure what to do with in their life and their path, mm-hmm. I could just tell them this is a model, uh, somebody to look forward to or some something to model. It's like a way to model your life or your path. You want to be this guy who's out there creating and he's having fun. He's out there dancing and he's not really worried about what else is going on. First, he has to focus and it's the two. So it's a low card, you know, first you start with a one, it's the ace, it's the, the, it's the idea. And now you're putting that idea into motion. So, um, whatever that idea is. I don't want to jump ahead because obviously we're going to talk about the other interpretation of this card, the other depiction of this card. But I think that what you said is so important. Like it is a two where it is a low number, but it's also kind of expressing that duality of, you know, things aren't always going to work out great, but they're not always going to be horrible either. You know, you have to be able to take things as they come and and not let it stress you out, which is something that's very, very difficult for me. I'm trying to learn that right now, you know, kind of just let it be. Um, So if this carrot came up in a general reading, I would say that this person perhaps is like very focused and potentially feeling overwhelmed and just kind of giving them that reassurance of like things are going to be okay. Take a take a beat, take a breath, you know, kind of I'm a huge fan of like making lists of things. I do it all the time, you know, and then it's like you can slowly start crossing things off the list. And it's like any kind of stupid mundane thing that I actually have to do. It's not all the big stuff, like even like at work where it's not like all these huge projects. There's also little things like clean my desk. And then when I get that done, it's like slowly I'm like, okay, I'm slowly feeling better. Like I have this. I have everything written down. I'm focused. I know what I have to do. Um, And so if this came up in a general reading for someone, I'd say like, you know, things are going to come at you sometimes that seem very overwhelming. That's what life is you know, um, but just realize that you're not going to be given more than you can handle. No one is. Thank you for that advice. Cause I needed <laughs> to hear that. And I also think you called this card a carrot, but I won't know until I go back and listen to the editing. And I hope you did. Cause that'll be hilarious. <laughs> a carrot. I think you said this carrot instead of this card, but I gotta go back and listen. <laughs> It'd be great if you did. I hope I did, too, because, like, what am I even thinking of? What is my deal? Okay. I got carrots on the brain. All right, Bugs Bunny. All right, so this card comes up in a love reading. What do you think? Wow, this card comes up in a love reading. I'm going to say that this could mean there's two different interests in your life or in this person's life that they're juggling. Or maybe there's two different decisions. They have two different potential people that they could have a relationship with. Or they have um two different lovers or you know how the, the expression they say when it rains it pours so maybe you were single forever and then all of a sudden you met this person who was wonderful and perfect for you and then the next day you meet her cousin or another person who's like the same or even better it's like what the hell is going on universe so just like you said if that is the situation the universe doesn't give you more than you can handle you just have to step back from the situation and um you know figure it out I think that's so interesting that that's a perspective that you took. Um, it just so popped I, in my head as you asked oh, me. I was like, oh, yeah, juggling. <laughs> like, um, so I would maybe agree in terms of if you're single, um, kind of. But I think it also has to do with, um, you know, I'm not I'm not going to call out names here, but there's somebody in my family who is just kind of recently getting back into potentially dating. And they were saying how they have so many other things on their plate that the last thing that they're worried about is dating and trying to maintain a relationship. And to me, that just kind of shows like you're not really ready for that then. He's like, well, I have to focus on this, 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 this. And it's like, well, if you wanted to make time, like if you wanted to, to be with this person, you'd make time for that person. Or if you thought this was important, you'd make time for it. And so I think that it's kind of going along those same lines that maybe if you're single and you have been single for a while, it's hard to make time for another person because you're so used to doing things for your, by yourself with yourself. And it's hard to kind of let that other person in. Um, but also knowing that it's a balance, you don't need to spend all day every day with this person, but you know, do you think it's a healthy relationship to see this person once every two weeks? I don't know. I, who am I to judge? Um, and I'd also say if you are in a relationship or honestly, even if you're single, sometimes to look for um, somebody who isn't exactly like you, who has other strengths and maybe has different weaknesses, because that's how you're going to help each other out in terms of being kind of like, if you want to call it like a power couple, you know, why do, if I'm really, really good with money and finances, 
it'd be nice to have somebody else that's really, really good with money and finances. But let's say I, well, it's not, let's say I know nothing about cars or electrical work or plumbing. And let's say they're really, really great with finances, but they also don't know anything about cars or electrical work or plumbing. It's like, well, um, why not just have that nice balance? And then I can help them out with my strengths. <laughs> Looks like we're hiring somebody. We're both great with finance. So. I'm not. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Exactly. I think it's very important if you are single, especially newly single, to make sure that you are ready to move on. Because if somebody there's a bunch of different reasons why. But one of the reasons if you're in a relationship and you break up with somebody and you go immediately to another relationship, it could be that you're just not comfortable alone, which means that you're not comfortable with yourself or by yourself. And you're looking for somebody else to make you whole, which we've talked about before, which is always a recipe for disaster. You have to make yourself whole first. You have to be okay with being alone because if I'm not saying you should be alone for the rest of your life like me, (laughs) that's not what I'm saying. (laughs) But what I mean is if you want to be alone, no, that's not what I was going to (laughs) say. What I'm saying is you have to become that whole person because like I said it's a recipe for disaster if you're relying on somebody else to make you whole because then you're doing it out of fear so instead of having a relationship because you love this person you're in a relationship because you're at some level afraid to be alone and afraid to be by yourself so it's fear that's motivating this relationship so you always have to be conscious of any mm-hmm. action that you do not just relationships anything you're doing why are you going to the store to buy this. What is it? Are you are you doing it out of fear? Or are you doing it out of love? Like everything we do is basically out of those two. Um, and it's not even like they're different energies. I think that like fear and love is kind of the same energy. It's just love is the positive expression of it and fear is the negative. It's like the empty. It's not having it at whatever it is. So that's what I would have to say about that. And I totally agree. So let's move on to if this comes up in a career reading, what would you say? All right, you go first with this one. Okay, so if this came up in a career reading, I would say, again, it's like perhaps you feel really overwhelmed at work or maybe you're at like a point where you can't kind of figure out what you want to do. I think that like let's say you're a student and you're coming to the end of your schooling career and you're looking forward to your next your next kind of um, venture. And I think that can be very, very overwhelming. And you're being tasked with all these different things. And I think it's, again, just like taking one thing at a time and knowing that, you know, you don't have to have everything figured out. I'm 32 years old and I can tell you right now, I barely have anything figured out. So. What does that say? You know, just kind of taking things as they come. And like you said, when we were talking about the quote, like living in the moment and don't stress so much because things are going to work out the way they're supposed to work out. That's not saying like stay if you're in a dorm or if you're, you know, in an apartment, staying in your apartment, in your dorm room and being like, somehow I'm going to get a job that's going to just show up at my door. But, you know, not killing yourself about it and maybe not getting the dream, your dream job right out of school or not getting your dream job as your first job. Sometimes you have to work for it and sometimes you have to do things that you don't like to do before you work up towards getting something else like things. The universe has a way of kind of giving you things when you're supposed to have them and not giving them to you when you're not supposed to have them. At least that's what I think. Yeah, I think it has to do with the way you put in what the kind of work and the attention and the care. That's really what it comes down to is care that you put into whatever you're doing. And I think that's what eventually the universe will acknowledge, um, even if it's, you know, even if it's like evil, because I know sometimes we get conspiratorial and we talk about like evil people that might be behind the scenes, like, you know, running certain aspects of and uh, controllers of the world and all this stuff. But if this if this is true, if there are people in doing this and you consider it evil, but they still are aligning their thoughts and emotions to do this. So they're still whole beings. They're just whole and they and they know what they're doing. So they're just. <laughs> screwing us over but yeah like like um i don't remember know where i was going with that point but anyway i think i lost where i was going. i was on a rant and then <clears throat> but uh but yeah no, no you gotta be you gotta be um i don't know i'm gonna probably cut the rest of that but what i wanted to say yeah, i totally lost where i was going with that but what i wanted to say about this is something that just as you were talking this came kind of popped into my head 
is see how he's focused on this lower one that he's holding in his mm-hmm. left hand. So what if this is like, OK, so I'll put this to my own life in my own life right now to make money. I'm a DJ. Uh, I do like a lot of weddings, a lot of private parties and all that stuff, which I love doing. Honestly, I really love it. But I have this other passion. So that could be the pa- the DJing thing could be the passion that's in my right hand, because honestly, at this point, I've worked so hard. I mean, I still give it attention and stuff, but I don't have to focus on it 100 percent when I'm not there. When I'm in the moment, and I'm doing it. Obviously, I'm right there. But other than that, I know what to do. I'll prepare and all that. And I don't have to worry about it. I do my work but ahead of time. I get there and I do it. But I want to do this other thing with my life also, which is part of this is this podcast, obviously. And the other part of it is um, just all the video shows and stuff that I do where I kind of want to talk about like what's going on with the world. And I want to be somebody who talks about truth on the air and like wake people up to certain things that are going on. That's what I really want to do. So that's kind of what I'm focused on. And that isn't going that well. I mean, it's going okay right now, obviously, because. It's not like it's going bad, but I mean, I'm still working at it. So I have to focus more of my attention. So since that's my other endeavor, it's lower. It's in my, that guy's left hand that's lower down. He's trying to figure out a way to pick it up. So that's why he's focusing on all that. So that's what could be me right now. I could be focusing a lot of my attention on this, trying to get that balance going. Like, how am I going to get this other one up and going? And that's something I'm going to have to figure out. Um. And I totally agree with you now that you said that, because I think that's often sometimes what we need to do is like when you put in the work and you kind of have something that's able to kind of take care of itself, then you don't need to focus and fixate it on on it so much. And then you can put your time and attention elsewhere into something else. Um, And I think that's a great point, because I used to have when I lived in Connecticut, I had like a little swim lesson business and I did a lot of work in terms of, um, you know, Put doing a, not necessarily paying for advertisements, but kind of, you know, reaching out to a whole bunch of different people and following up with people and posting a lot of different things and a lot of different like avenues to kind of get that publicity out there and stuff like that. And then once you do all that work and you kind of for the first couple months, get your kind of base clientele there and then they, you know, word of mouth is is great advertising, especially in something like that. They they just kind of started inviting their friends. And it's like, I didn't need to worry about doing that part of it anymore. I just showed up when I needed to. And then I could kind of focus on other things, you know, which was um, that's when I was about to move out here. So or move out to California. Um, and so I had to, like, worry about, like, packing all my stuff up. And what I didn't need to worry about was setting up a successful business to make additional money to help support me and support my cross-country trip. Um, so I totally agree with you. And one thing I didn't bring up when I was talking about if it came up in a career reading is the career path that this could potentially like reflect. And I said that it could be like a lawyer or it could be, um, somebody that can look at multiple sides of a situation. So maybe like a judge, um, or it could be like an organizer, someone who's really good at helping you kind of get your life in order, like a wedding planner or something like that. Somebody that can take all of the tasks and kind of help you deal with them or a personal assistant. Yeah, there you go. Or okay, juggler. And, yeah, exactly. Um, any final thoughts here on this card before we move on? No, I think we're good. Okay, cool. So now for the next part of the podcast, we normally look at. Sorry, I just muted myself for a second. Um, and another. Sorry, this is a side note, and I hate story time, but um. I used to, I, I was really, really into karaoke. Um, I still am, but my twin sister yeah, and I, I would do karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> no, my twin sister and I would do karaoke a lot, and we'd like practice in our room when we were younger, and it just reminded me of this younger, one time. By younger, she's 31. <laughs> <laughs> it's like last night. Um, oh, yeah. We were way younger last week. So. <laughs> so I just, it made me think of this one time when we were practicing in our room, and I had the microphone, and I passed it to her. I just turned it off so you couldn't hear her. <laughs> So you turned it off on purpose? Yes, I did. She's like, I can't hear myself. And I was like, that's so weird. Oh, you're fine. Don't just keep singing. It's fine. <laughs> Sorry, just give me the microphone back. And I'm like, oh, I can hear myself. I wonder what's going on. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so for the next part of the podcast, we're looking at a different interpretation of the same card. So it's in a different deck. Um, what I think it's important for all of our listeners to realize is that all decks are not created equal in terms of just because the rider weight has a depiction of the card one way, it's not going to look that way in every other deck. And each deck has its own kind of themes and um, kind of background story and um, 
meaning behind each of the cards. So this is a different visual interpretation of it. Brandon gives the description and then we kind of go into our initial thoughts and feelings. All right. And we're today we're talking about like we do every week. The other deck is the Alistair Crowley Thoth deck. And this deck was created by occultist Alistair Crowley. And it was actually just supposed to be created for him and basically a secret society. I don't think he ever had any intentions of it coming out. But after his death, somehow or another, it came out. Maybe we can look into that story one day. Um, very interesting. And, you know, if Alistair Crowley is somebody who, if you have some time and look into his life, this guy, you know, some people hate him. Some people love him. I'm kind of the opinion of I don't really... I just try to look at what people did and look at their uh, different um, actions and kind of judge them on that. I don't like to try to say all wholesale, you know, like someone is terrible unless they really are like, you know, Joseph Stalin or Hitler or something like that. But, you know, I, but Hitler still was a pretty good artist, right? All right, I'm gonna have to cut that out because nobody has <laughs> anymore. But anyway, we're talking about, the, about the, <laughs> Alistair Crowley or Woodrow Wilson. He was. He was pretty fucking terrible, too. We probably wouldn't have had Adolf Hitler without him. But anyway, um, let's see. So anyway, <laughs> talking today about the Alistair Crowley Thoth deck, two of discs. And this is one of my favorite cards in the entire deck. This card is actually on the cover of the case of the deck that I have. And I'll describe it for you. What you see is a snake, and he is basically in a figure eight. And at the top is his head with a crown and he's biting his tail. So it looks like a big eight or an infinity symbol. And in the middle of each of these, there is a um, yin yang symbol. I couldn't even think of the name of the symbol. And each one has inside of those, you know, they have like the circle inside the yin yangs inside each side. Well, in each side of these, you have a sign of an element. So on the top, you have the water and the fire inside. And then on the bottom, you have the air and the earth symbols inside. And then the snake itself has hexagons on i think those are hexagons or are those octagons let's see one two three yeah hexagons so the snake has a hexagonal pattern all over it kind of like a diamond back or rattlesnake or whatever you think of um and the outside of the card outside the snake it's just like circles that are kind of coming off of the snake i guess you could say um but yeah check it out we'll have it on our instagram at terrible two on instagram and you can see a picture of it uh what did you think of this original okay first i just want to say how synchronistic that we're talking about the number eight right after this like ah um and that's what you see on this card um oh yeah wow yes um my friend's funny because the my friend who owns a dj company that i work for i don't like to save my boss because he owns the company and i'm a contractor we're like best friends but anyway um he called me about a gig today, and he was like, what's that word you always use? He goes, I went to Costco, and I saw this person. It was perfect. I go, synchronicity. He goes, yeah, that's it. I go, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, there's a synchronicity. There, we both have a, a terrible story now in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you have to leave them in. <laughs> yeah, everyone's totally. have to hear it. <laughs> Okay, um, so my initial thoughts on this were um, I did not get the element um, kind of feel from those circles in the yin yangs um but i did do some research in it and then i was like oh okay i get it now i i see that um i think when i think of a yin yang i think of it being kind of displayed vertically instead of horizontally but what i like about this is it really goes along with what we saw in the rider weight which was you saw these waves right and that's kind of what it looks like it looks like waves where you see the um the high and the low you see um, the, the top, the bottom, and it, it gives you that, like, again, there's always going to be a bottom if there's a top type of thing. Um, my other thoughts were like, what are these symbols? And then I looked into it. You've got the symbol for Jupiter up at the top and the symbol down at the bottom is for Capricorn. So we are now in the Capricorn season. Our solstice was just the other day. And so it's like perfect that we're also talking about this right now. Merry um, Christmas, everybody. <laughs> yes. And I love that the yin yangs are each displayed in a disc because not only do you have the two yin yangs there, which could be what the discs are that they're talking about, but you also have the top one is in a white circle and the one in the bottom is in a black circle, which is often how we see the yin yang displayed. And um, I just love the the really nice balance and duality here um the 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 serpent kind of in that figure eight obviously that could be the 
infinity symbol if you turn it on the side but i love how it just seems to be coiling around kind of showing that like everything has an ending and a beginning type of feel um and kind of like change so th the serpent has a, a crown on and for me it was like change is king and so the name of the card says change on it and it's like change is king and like the only things that are certain in life are like there will be change right something is going to change always mm -hmm. and you're going to die that's and it. And the government will be corrupt. You always have to remember that. <laughs> and so I just really loved like looking at this and kind of the background seemed a little bit more muted than some of the other cards. Like I'm not distracted by it because I'm so fixated on what I see inside the eight, inside the, the eight created by the serpent. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have to agree with that. I The things that stick out to me um, are the fact that these are on their side and then uh, the the yin yangs are on their side and they also have both sides or both of them have the dark part at the top, the darker part. Mm -hmm. Which to me is crazy because usually they're on their side so it's it seems like more of a balance. But here, for me, it seems that in both of these, the darkness is on top. But if you look at the way it is, it could also be, it represents something in motion. So it's just at this point right now both of these are uh, the dark spots are on the top. So it does symbolize change. So maybe this is just the point at right where the thing changes. So it's it just seems dark. That's the perspective that you have. Because when you're comfortable and you're used to something, whatever it is, anytime change comes, it just seems like a bad thing. So I like that aspect of it. And then I also love how he's biting his tail. Because I was just watching the newest Rick and Morty episode. Any Rick and Morty fans out there? It was great because they were on the snake world. And, like, I don't want to get in the whole episode, but at the end, the snakes start to disappear. Like, they get invaded by snakes at the end, but then they start to disappear because it's like a time travel thing. So, you know how, like, in Back to the Future, when they the timeline doesn't work out and they start to erase? Well, that's what happens with these snakes. They start to erase, but a lot of them start biting themselves on the tail and going, like, circles, and then they disappear. Which is great because it, it just shows how life is like a never-ending cycle. It's like a snake eating its own tail. It just doesn't stop just like the infinity symbol. And I think um, just, I just want to know, go and now piggyback off what you're saying about the dark part being at the top. Um, but the difference being the, on the top one, the dark part is like bigger on the left-hand side. So it looks like it's like kind of um, you're leading up to something that's a little bit brighter. And then um, on the bottom, I like that. It's like the bright part or the yellow part, the light part is like bigger on the left-hand side. And it looks like then you're leading into something that's going to be a, like uh, the, um, the trough part of the wave, the bottom part of the wave. So it would be like the negative part. Um, I just like how they're kind of flipped and reversed to show that again, that if they were the same way, it would be like, Oh, well you're always going to be leading up to something good. And it's like, no, there's always going to be a balance here and a wave. Yeah, and good and bad is just how you perceive it. It's all in your own perception because when something good, sorry, when something bad happens to you, it could be something good for somebody else. Like if you get fired at your job or you don't get that promotion, that means somebody else got it. So it's happiness for them. So you got to remember it's all about perspective. And like you said, it's a it's a pattern. Everything's going to change. And I think that's something that actually in my own life has made my poker game better. Um, oddly enough, is just because I've always been really patient. But I've had issues with my anger. And so like if I lost a hand that I maybe should have won or something happened where it was like they had a really low chance. And then at the end, the last card came and it, it gave them the winning hand. That could be very frustrating, especially if you lose or you get knocked out of a tournament or whatever it is. So I've learned, though, that life is just a balance. It's a cycle in poker. It just imitates life. It goes up and down. It's just a mechanical thing. Sometimes you're going to get good cards. Sometimes you're going to start out on the top and you're going to end up on the bottom. Sometimes you're going to be on the bottom and end up on the top. You're just riding it. And if you let yourself get too much invested emotionally in that, it's going to ruin you and you're not going to be able to focus on the task at hand. So I think that's also kind of what, uh, you know, you can get out of this card. Love it. All right, any final thoughts here on this card? Yeah, I want to get it tattooed on my face. No, I love this card, though. <laughs> Do you um, know I actually have a yin-yang tattooed on my body? Yin-yang on your a, face? Oh. No, it's a um, twin symbol as well. Oh, yeah. And it was Does one of the only twin symbols that my twin and I could agree on in terms of what we would even consider getting. That's crazy. It's funny because one of the oldest 
in my life, one of the symbols that I've always been fascinated was uh, with, yeah, I can't even talk right now, is the yin-yang symbol. And I have a cup from, I think it was like at my senior high school, I mean, like I did this art for seniors class, which is like super easy art, you know. But um, we made these. I made this <laughs> mug, and that's the thing I chose. I put the uh, yin yang on it, and I still have it to this day. It's crazy. But I always used to draw them all the time. See, I've always, I've mm-hmm. always known. I just didn't know. Yeah. Okay. So now what we're gonna do is kind of we started going into the number eight here, but we're gonna talk about the number eight and then see how the eight kind of the ideas behind the number eight kind of weave a story through the four different suits of the minor arcana so um first off we're going to talk about what is the number eight like what does it represent what does it normally mean and then we're going to see how it kind of um relates back to those those different cards i really liked how we've been doing it recently where we talk about the number meaning first and then see how it relates um for me that just seems a little bit more fluid as opposed to doing it in the reverse so i'm glad that we switched that so okay the number eight so last week we talked about the number seven what that person would look like if they identified as a seven so what is an eight an eight is going to be somebody that is assertive and responsible and determined and good with finances and business and i mean honestly how great of a tie-in with the suit of pentacles when we're talking about like earthly type of things um and uh they are going to be dis- uh really good at making decisions i often have trouble making decisions um it's the number of balance harmony so they're going to be really good at being able to like balance a checkbook which it's like does anyone even balance a checkbook anymore but you know what i mean like keeping control over their money and not living outside of their means but also realizing that like you don't need to save all the time you could also go and spend money sometime it's you know that's what you should be doing it you shouldn't be all one way or the other and um you're going to, this person's going to be like an equalizer. So again, they could be really good at helping to make decisions for other people or seeing both sides of a situation and not really kind of always being a hundred percent on one or the other, seeing that there are two sides to different situations. And, um, they're going to be really good at not only being like practical and being involved in things on like the earthly realm, but also being able to have like a spiritual side. And, um, also because there's that nice balance between like, the the earth and like spirituality for the number eight um and what else can i say what other notes do i have here this person's an authority figure but obviously that's because they're good at decision making and they can see those two different sides and obviously they can remain impartial um but it also says that i also wrote down that this person can become easily frustrated with other people when they don't have that same viewpoint um Okay, did you have anything you wanted to add about the number eight? Well, I just like how historically it comes from the Lemiscate, which is like the infinity symbol. And it's it's, it's a really, really old symbol. I mean, it's, I, you know, who the hell knows where it even, how long it's been around where it comes from. So it, I think it's just amazing where all our numbers, they have this like genealogy behind them or mm-hmm. whatever the word would be. And uh, people, it, I don't know, it's... <laughs> It's amazing to me that just in everyday life, it's right there. And it must have been very important if somebody made it into the eight symbol. You know, if it's like a number, it's right. If you look at any other any other number isn't really exactly a symbol, maybe a one, you know, uh, maybe a four because it's like a cry. I mean, I guess they are. But the eight is just the one that's like so in your face. Like they didn't modify it at all. They just stuck it straight up for you. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I don't. There's got to be a reason for that, and I think it's and, it's kind of what we saw in the two of discs in the uh, Thoth deck in the Alistair Crowley Thoth deck, which is kind of how that we talked about the snake and the crown. It's exactly it's that king. It's that uh, it's that cycle of life. And just as you know, to try and make it hashtag relevant because it is Christmas Eve. Eight is obviously also the number of reindeer that Santa has. Yeah. What do you think that means? I mean, two pairs. I mean, four pairs of two. Anyway, um, okay. So let's look at the eights in the four different suits. So we look at the the eight of cups, the eight of wands, the eight of pentacles, and the eight of swords. So as per usual, I'm like looking at the eight of wands, and I'm like, this is the only one that really stands out to me because there's no person in it. The other eights all have a figure in it, and to me, it kind of tells the story. Um. 
I'm looking at the eight of pentacles and it looks like putting in all of this kind of hard work and kind of putting in the effort, knowing that it eventually will pay off. If I'm looking at the eight of cups, I'm looking at, again, maybe it's like, I don't have a perfect set. And initially when we looked at this card, we talked about how it seemed like this person was really sad and just kind of leaving the, these eight. But it's like maybe he's just leaving them for somebody to come and get them. He did his work. He did everything he was supposed to do. And then on the eight of swords, we have this figure who's blindfolded in between all of these swords. And it looks like they're bound, but still like walking potentially through them. And it's again, maybe like, you know, sometimes we're asked to do things that we don't understand for me, this is what this is the story. This is the 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 line I'm I'm, I'm weaving through all of these. Sometimes maybe we're doing we're asked to do things we don't understand, and we do them kind of being blind to the reasoning behind it, and then it ends up working out. Like we were like, why was I asked to do this? Why do I have to do that? Why do I have to? Why is this how things are working out for me? And again, like I was saying earlier, like sometimes that's just how things work out. I guess if I wanted to then tie it into the Eight of Wands, um, you don't see the figure there, and it's like sometimes things grow best when they're not being watched. And so sometimes you do all this cultivating and you do all this like taking care of something, but you know, it's like a watch pot never boils or whatever they say. It's like, sometimes you just need to let things play out the way that they're supposed to and trust that you put in the work and the effort and it will either work out or not, but whatever happens is what's supposed to happen. Anywho, so that's my storyline for all of the eights. How does this apply to what I was just saying about the number eight? Um, I'm just looking at like the obviously eight has a nice balance here. Um, I don't necessarily see a balance in most of the cards, except for maybe the eight of wands. Um, I see honestly a lot of imbalance in the eight of cups. Like it almost drives me crazy that it's like five cups on the bottom and three cups on the top with that hole um, there. Uh, so I, I don't know. What were your thoughts on these eights? Well, I wanted to add to what you said about, um, Actually, it's like the last thing you just said, and I, which was about uh, not really worrying, kind of like doing your best, and then whatever happens is going to happen. And there's that really reminds me of mm-hmm. something you hear in the Bhagavad Gita, where Krishna is talking to Arjuna, which is um, Krishna is the god incarnated. He's kind of like the Jesus figure, and he's helping this person who has to face a battle. And he's telling him that you shouldn't be attached to the fruits of your labor. So because they're, you're in, and this is all in Hinduism, so there's like an old school Hinduist, Hinduistic way to do things where you just renunciate and you would do no action. You would just kind of try to meditate all day and attain bliss or whatever. And the Bhagavad Gita came along and Krishna's like, no, what you need to do is still do action in the world. He's like, if you are here, you're doing action. No matter what you, whatever, whatever you're doing, you're, you're doing some kind of action if you're here. So you might as well do the action you were supposed to do, follow your dharma, do what you're supposed to do while you were put here, you know, kind of like follow your intuition and, um, and do that. And then mm-hmm. also, so while you're doing that, you do it, you do what you got to do, do it the best you have to do it, and then just let it go. Whatever happens, happens. You don't want to be attached to the fruits of your labor. So for example, in my life, I'm a DJ. So after a wedding, if I do really well, I could sit there all night and be like, yeah, I killed it. And this is awesome, which is good to do, you know, obviously, but, or if I have a bad night, then I'll be like, oh, something happened. Then it's going to like affect me for the whole day. So instead of that, um, and, and it's not like I don't want to sound like I don't care. You know, it's not like we're not we don't care about what we do. We want to do the best job, you know, whatever. That's what I'm talking. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you shouldn't care. But what I'm saying is you shouldn't let the outcome affect your mood. If you did your best and there's everything you could do and it still went wrong, there is nothing you could do. But if you made a mistake yep. and you messed up, well, then remember that. Write it down and try not to do it again. But don't sit there all night or all day or all week or whatever it is and um, you know, wish you did something different because you can't. I mean, it's already done. It's already written. Right. And then also I love what you said about the Eight of Wands because the Eight of Wands is some, a card that always throws me off every time I look at it. It just doesn't. It doesn't really make sense to me. I'm like, why are these just – there's like sticks in the middle of nowhere. But I like what you said about like an unpot boil never. I mean, sorry, <laughs> a watch pot never <laughs> boils. Wow. Um, I'm just so excited, everybody. 
the eight you know, of pentacles oh go ahead <laughs> yeah and so you know i agree with you about being thrown off because they're also it's like are they growing because they're growing like downward horizontally yeah or is it a barrier you know like is it a barrier of what's in your way to get to that house you know like you see the rivers there so mm-hmm. you know you have to cross that river and climb the hill but are these are these wands obstructions in your way or are they something you can use as a tool to get there or maybe right. it's just trying to tell you need a different perspective you have to kind of get around here and look through there um with the pentacle something i just noticed today as we were talking about them I vote, you know, he's sitting there in the craftsman and he's hammering it. But if you look at the pentacle he's working on, it has the point down. So it's actually the one that kind of represents a pentagram. So it has the spirit point down with the rest of the points above it. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that before. And that's the symbol that Satanists use and, and people use to represent that they don't that they'll value this plane of existence over the spiritual one. So they, they value the physical one. And really all that means is the spirit is just unseen. That's all it really means to demystify what the word spirit means. It's just the unseen stuff. So it's like the emotional stuff. Um, it's like, uh, I'm trying to, it's kind of like the next, what, what could be after this world, you know, the other possibilities, but they're just saying that, no, this existence right here, everything here is more important and I'm the most important, like man is the center of creation instead of saying kind of man fits in creation. That's how I kind of interpret it. But like we said, everything, it's just a symbol. It's not always it's good or it's not always bad. So it's not that it's bad that he's sitting here working on a pentagram because you can look at it this way where to make a whole person, because if this pentacle, this five pointed star is going to represent a person with the top star being the head and then the, you know, the arms and legs, it takes all kinds you have to work on that you know you got to work on the light and the dark you have to look at the shadow and you have to look at the light you can't repress anything so that's kind of what this is to build the whole person you have to look at all aspects of yourself and incorporate all aspects of yourself because that is part of you Mm -hmm. and if you deny that and you repress that it's just going to come out in other ways other unhealthy ways but if you are conscious of your dark side and of your shadow self then you could come to terms with it and you don't have to bury it down. Maybe sometimes you can let it out and it could be a very useful piece of your, uh, of your psychological toolbox. You know, like people talk about psychopaths and how terrible they are, but I think sometimes it's good to have a psychopath part of yourself inside you. If you need to access that, if some shit is happening, you know, like terrible example, if you're in the middle of a fucking terrorist attack or whatever it is and shit is going crazy, you could sit there and lose your mind and start to cry and hide her in a thing. Or you could just snap into, all right, we got to do this mode. Like, you know, this is what we do. You got to save whatever you can. You got to, you know, snap into action and kind of put those emotions, turn them off for a little bit. And, mm-hmm. but I think obviously that's dangerous because there are people who just turn their emotions off forever. You know what I mean? Like, so you need to have that balance. But, um, so I, I, I think that's what goes into crafting a full person. Uh, let's see what else the other one I didn't really talk about. Um, now, the Eight of Swords came up for me recently with the Nine of Wands, and the Nine of Wands is actually very similar to the Eight of Swords because you see in the Nine of Wands, there's a gentleman standing there with eight wands behind him, and he's holding one, and he also has a bandage over his head, but it's not covering his eye. And then in this one, it's covering her eyes. But this card, this Eight of Swords, always really spoke to me because I feel that it's really about intuition here, and especially because swords represent air in those... Uh, intellectual ideas this is really just about following that but they also put the water in the bottom of the card which is great because part of that is emotional you have to also use your emotion when you're doing this and you have to remember that just because we're talking about one you know we're talking about air or water or fire they all need each other to exist so they're all gonna react off each other so it's not like we're just talking about logic here you got to remember that emotion is going to come into play And you have to look at how they all relate to each other because you can't have fire without air. You know, you can't Mm -hmm. have earth without water. Like, I mean, I guess you could, but like in the overall grand scheme of things in this world anyway. Um, In the eight of cups, I really love how this person is kind of like standing in the empty spot between the three cups on top. So Mm -hmm. it's like they're, they're kind of, stuck in this 
whatever they're building emotionally, they're, it's a part of them. They're in the middle of it. And maybe they're confused and they're not sure. So right now they have their back turned on it. But since these cups are golden, it doesn't matter. Gold doesn't tarnish. It's not going anywhere. So you can always come back to it. So maybe there's just kind of also you can look at it as representing like a need to get away and to recenter yourself. And that's really what the eight is all about. It's the infinity symbol. There's all these different, um, you know, there's no happily ever after. There's no riding off into the sunset and there's no meeting one person. And then you're going to be happy for the rest of your life. This is just what it is. It's it's a um it's a cycle, especially mm-hmm. with people. You know, you got to remember, people are so complicated. So, um, uh, I don't know. It's it's just, just don't trust TV. That's what I'm trying to say, guys. It's just an unrealistic. <laughs> it's unrealistic, right? <laughs> you know, go with the flow. Every everything. Some people they get down on themselves. They're like, oh, this isn't the ideal relationship I wanted, or this isn't you know the way I saw my life working out, or whatever. It's like, well, that's maybe that wasn't the plan. You know, you have to get a perspective. I'm not saying you shouldn't be happy, but, you know, where is this happiness coming from? Or, you know, is it a superficial thing you're mad about? Or uh, so I guess that's what I could say about the cups. But all these, I mean, the eights are they all I have so much in them, really. These cards. Yeah. Are crazy. And I, I think that kind of what you just said about balance, um, especially with the eight of cups is a nice kind of reminder even for the other uh with the exception of maybe the eight of wands the eight of pentacles and the eight of swords um you know if you're taking it to mean one thing all we were been talking about pretty much all episode is like balance and being able to you know understand that things aren't always going to be one specific way and there is change and I think that's kind of nice to remind yourself when looking at these eights of like what is what kind of change is this trying to bring about or what kind of change is this hinting at or what kind of change is it reflecting in this person's life yeah. and knowing that you know as an eight you're capable of making decisions and being a really good decision maker and so knowing that Again, like I've said before, however things are supposed to work out is how they're going to work out. Just like this episode worked out exactly how it was supposed to on Christmas Eve. (laughs) Yes. All right. I have nothing else I wanted to say about the eights. No, I think I'm good, too. Okay, so next week we'll be looking at the three of pentacles and we'll be talking about the number nine. All right. That's crazy. We're going to be going out 2019 on the nine of pentacles. Yes. Awesome. All right. Everybody no, the nine of the nine and the three of pentacles. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Yeah, the three. I'm sorry. You're right. The three of pentacles mm-hmm. and the nine, which is great though, because then we're going to be going into 2010, and the first card we're going to look at is the ten, and then all. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the tens, but then the four of pentacles. So that worked out pretty crazy, pretty um synchronistically, I guess I could say again. There's that word again. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening to the terrible podcast. I hope you have a Merry Christmas, Happy Solstice, whatever, uh, Happy New Year, Hanukkah, whatever you holiday you celebrate. <laughs> I mm-hmm. hope you have the best one. And remember, it's all about perspective, and that's what we were talking about today. Perspective, perspective, perspective. So if your holiday or whatever it was, or you didn't get the gift you wanted, or just, you know, family was terrible and it didn't seem like this is how it's supposed to be, well, look back. Maybe there's something, there's always something to learn. You can learn something from everybody. You know, I'm going to bring this back to Ramdas. Because the quote we talked about in the beginning, and he just passed away this week. And one thing that he said that really always stuck with me and it was been sticking with me lately is um, how he takes teachings from everybody. He's like, I could go to a Buddhist monastery and talk to a Buddhist monk and take teachings. I could talk to a priest and take a teaching. I could talk to a homeless guy on the street and take a teaching. He goes, everything is a learning and teaching experience. Everybody has something to teach you and there's always something to learn in life if you have your eyes open and um, you're able to accept it Mm-hmm. exactly and I'm just going to say to piggyback off of that happy holidays <laughs> alright everybody bye <laughs> oh my gosh do you know that um... Comedy LOL Podcast Network.